0: these past few years uh, back uh, there has been there have been a trend uh, of uh, more and more like people staying back uh, contributing towards like building the city.
1: You're listening to Foodie Canteen a food podcast brought to you by Good Foodie Media. I'm your host Castle Lim. Today on the show we have Jackie from Alostar with us. Is the founder of Cafe Diem, one of the most popping cafes in town. Stick around to hear his story. Hey, Jackie, welcome to the show.
0: Hey, Castle, how are you doing?
1: I'm good, how are you? <laughs> you are now in, in your bakery, right?
0: Yeah, we are now in the bakery. I'm overlooking. I'm, I'm overlooking a river. Oh, uh, I'm over. I'm overlooking the river. Of Kedah.
1: Wow, that's like a sneak mm. peek into Alastar. And and I always start the podcast with this: like, tell us mm. how is Alastar like for those who's never visited before. Like, how is life over there?
0: Mm, I would say that uh, life in Alastar, life in Alastar. Well, in one word, I think life in Alastar is quality. <laughs> okay, uh, okay. I uh well one it's because well, of course that's pride in it. Uh yeah. second also because I think we have yeah. a very well uh balanced in between we are very well balanced in between the new and old, mm-hmm. the young and old, uh between the energy and the experience. I think we are somewhere in the middle. Okay. Uh which makes our which actually makes the city quite uh, interesting. Uh, very alive. Uh, uh, we don't even see paddy fields anymore <laughs> now. Only which is, in internet patani there's a lot of paddy
1: fields also good. Uh. Oh, yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and, <laughs> and since we are a food podcast, um, what is a must-try mm-hmm. food when people visit Alostar? Do you have any recommendation?
0: Mm, I think uh, to choose from so many and then to narrow it down to one would be a little bit unfair because one thing Kadahans pride themselves with is definitely the food. Uh, I don't know. Some say better than Kedahang, but I don't want to go into that yet. Let's not go into that yet. Uh, but if there is only one thing that you need to try in Alostar, well, it's, I'll have to definitely tell you to come to the cafe.
1: Oh, okay. I'll definitely can- <laughs> I love how you're just plugging uh, it in the beginning of the show. Yes.
0: <laughs> because there's only one choice, what? Right, then- <laughs> okay. So what is a
1: uh, uh uh like from your bakery, what should we try? Like croissant or like a cake? Is there a specific um dessert yeah. that we should?
0: Ah, oh, uh, there is uh Mm, our signature cake happens to be the lemon poppy said pound cake. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is the late sultan's, our late Sultan's favorite cake. We Ooh. used to send it to the palace, uh, wow. every week, uh, because he is, is such a big fan, uh, yeah. that you should try. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the rest, yes, uh, we bake, uh, croissants as well, uh, mm-hmm. fresh every day, mm-hmm. uh, with, what well, alongside some other big goods. Uh, yeah.
1: Can you share with me a little bit about your childhood? Um, like what are some vivid memories that stood out to you growing up in town?
0: Mm, I think nothing really special about my childhood. Well, nothing special, not big, not, nothing special because I think my childhood is pretty much regular. Yeah, like a regular my childhood Malaysian. is almost. Yes. Well, mm-hmm. uh, born into born into a working class family, mm-hmm. uh, growing up regularly like the other kids my age, doing things uh, all the other kids would do. But one thing particularly that stood out uh, is the fact that I've always remembered myself being surrounded with coffee. Mm-hmm. Uh, my grandfather used to run a coffee shop, a kopitiam, a Hainanese kopitiam. So uh, growing up every day, just to the sound of like uh, uh, spoons uh, and coffee mugs and coffee cups clicking uh, every day. And uh, my uncle delivers coffee beans to people, uh, used to ride with him on the truck. I think if there is at all anything that stands out, that has to be it.
1: So you were there at the Kopitiam every day, you visit your grandfather every day?
0: Uh yes, that and because my mom actually runs the kopitiam as well mm-hmm. together with my grandfather. My grandfather passed uh, very early. Uh, my grandfather left the kopitiam to my uncle. My uncle migrated to the United States, and then my mom took over.
1: So were you and helping out, or you just, were just like sitting around, like doing your homework?
0: Uh, uh, just fooling around too little to be able to do anything to help to be offered any help i think the best help my mom would uh, well the best help is no help at all at that time uh-huh.
1: you make it sound like you are a kid that causes a lot of trouble
0: <laughs> uh, definitely and ask my mom
1: <laughs> and and from Alasta you moved to kl for school what did you study
0: uh communications. Did uh mass communications, majored in advertising, uh, but ended up doing graphic design instead. Uh, so I'm sure the is
1: working right now uh with owning your own cafe, you get to design a few stuff here and there.
0: Yep. Uh basically a jack of all trades master of none.
1: Hey. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. Yeah. Well that's what works right now though. You have to know everything, right?
0: A little bit of everything, right?
1: Mm-hmm. Yes, like I agree. Yeah, like you said, your first coffee exposure was your family, your grandfather. Um, mm-hmm. Have you ever, th- like, why not you go to school for something um, related to, to F&B? Have you ever thought about that or like, nah, it's just my family. I was never going to touch it or you know what? Maybe I will start a business around coffee. Did that ever I, cross your
0: mind? Uh, no. Uh, starting a cafe, I've never actually crossed my mind. Uh, but I know that there are only a few things for me to like further my studies in, uh, to go deeper into, uh, because I am not like the best academically. (laughs) Okay. So there are only very, uh, there, there are basically very limited choices that I can only go into, uh, that I can go into. Uh, one of that being communication. I had thought of uh, doing something related to the F&B industry, but at that time, uh, just uh, this have never crossed my mind.
1: Yeah, I think you are actually a few years older than me and that generation, right? It's like, if you cannot really do well in school, you go to communications. I don't know why all of us are like that. (laughs) Because it's like, either you have business, science for like really yeah. smart people architecture engineer yeah, and yeah. then communication so my friends are all like mass com advertising marketing ah. and it's just like that genre you know and you are one of them and I started talking bad about your friends <laughs> no i mean it's a good <laughs> stuff a good thing like they got out and yeah. have um True. jobs that pays them well so yeah uh-huh.
0: well i think oh, yeah. that's uh that's actually marketing well done by the universities targeting, uh, uh, like uh, secondary school children, uh, school goers before we leave, uh, before we leave school after our SPM, they'll come approach you. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is what you can do, uh, doesn't matter your results, whether good or bad, <laughs> you can still do communications yeah. because yeah, but, uh, yeah, but I am actually, well, those small little skills that I've picked up, uh, along the way have actually helped out a lot. Uh, Now that I get to look back uh, at everything in hindsight, uh, those little skills uh, is what makes me a little bit different from the other. I can do more things myself, hands-on. I don't have to get someone to translate my idea. I can translate it myself. I think it comes in handy, those small little skills. Uh, But otherwise, I agree with what you say communications is for non-engineers okay. and non-doctors don't don't expect <laughs> us to go so
1: good. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so yeah. Tell, tell us how did cafe diem come about i think the story yeah. is very magical mm. kind of when you first shared to me
0: oh yeah uh, well magical maybe to others uh very organic uh very organic uh when it comes to like, my from my perspective it's very organic uh, like we've talked about, basically grew up uh, in a kopitiam, like surrounded by coffee. But I didn't know that uh, later in life it would come back one full circle and uh, be involved in making and selling coffee. Uh, but uh, have always been around the food and beverage growing up, going to restaurants, family members owning restaurants. Uh, even myself, one day suddenly receiving a call from a uh, relative saying that, uh, my, uh, it's actually my cousin, uh, calling me, uh, about a vacancy that she has, uh, in a restaurant, a Chinese banquet restaurant, where people go and go do yamsing, uh, caught me up one day asking if I was interested in joining her, uh, to replace her manager, her outgoing manager, I said, uh, I have no experience. She said, but can you talk? I said, yes, uh, can you write? So I say simple ones. I can. Uh, so I got the job basic. I went there mostly because of the pay. The pay actually convinced me more than anything else.
1: And this was but, in Sungai Petani uh, Kedah.
0: This was in Kanga the list, And ah, then okay. in Sungai Petani okay. Kedah. Right. Uh, well, basically the manager stands in for, well, I'm a stand in manager, uh, to replace managers at uh, those outlets that you spoke about in Kanga and Perlis, huh. in Kanga and Sungai uh, to replace the managers uh, when they have their uh, off days. I will go in and st- I will stand in for them, lap, basically. Uh, so uh, there I picked up mm, like more people skills. Through that, I now know how to communicate better, uh, my problem-solving skills suddenly got a lot better because in the F&B industry, every complaint, you just have got to be creative. Uh, but sometimes people tend to complain about the smallest, dunnest thing, uh, yeah. And, uh, through that, I think, uh, uh, I got myself exposed to the F and B industry, uh, and there was no looking back after that. Uh, coming back to lot of stuff, starting the cafe, uh, meanwhile is another story. Um, wasn't planned, uh, was just wasn't really planned, but it was always in the back of my head that I've always wanted to start something that could inspire someone else to do something else. Uh, and at that moment, uh, at that point of time in Alastar, there was a void There wasn't really any cafes that special selling specialty coffee. So, uh, the void was a little bit too obvious and someone needed to be filling a hole. And I think, uh, coming in, uh, having been influenced by relatives who also run cafes, uh, elsewhere, not in Alastar. I think it's about time. I tried my luck and, um, I did exactly just that left everything behind, uh, called up my, uh, uh, boss, my ex-boss telling her that, uh, I will have to relinquish my position. I cannot, I don't want to do it anymore. Uh, she said, uh, good luck. And then I came back, uh, took out a bank loan and the rest was just the rest is uh, history. Took out yeah. a bank loan. Everything started from a bank loan. <laughs> uh, yeah.
1: And you, the first Café Diem was in a smaller space, which is actually uh, close to where the current Café Diem is. Can you mm-hmm. tell us that story where you met this person and then he was just like, you know what, let's move to the next building and then you guys just expanded?
0: Oh yeah, of course. Uh, started a business, uh, started a business alone uh with a help of uh some other relatives who have been running cafes all this well but basically ventured into the business alone uh started really small i think at that time the cafe can only house uh a maximum of 10 12 tables uh really small quaint little cafe very yeah uh and then one day someone someone a one day someone walked into the cafe uh, little did I know that, that, uh, someone that walked into the cafe would then later become a partner, my business partner. Uh, so, uh, he came in with his wife one day, a stranger came in with his wife, uh, asking for coffee. I remember, I think it was a, if I, am, uh, if I remember correctly, an ice latte, uh, so he wanted an ice latte, made him an iced latte. Uh asked us a little bit about how we came about, uh, we've just, uh, been open for not more than a year. And then, uh, he's came back every day after, uh, but every time, every time he comes back after that, he seems to be a little bit more impatient after every visit to the point that now he no longer, uh, wants to walk into the cafe to buy some coffee. You just drive up and just honk. Beep beep and then we'll send coffee. Yeah, very impatient guy. That was the that was our perception of him. That was uh in our heads. Uh, this guy in the car. Uh very impatient. Uh then one day, fun funny enough, uh asked for my phone number. Uh and then he rang me up. The same person, the same impatient person rang me up. Uh and he wanted me to, he proposed a, an idea, uh, of opening up a cafe in Chitra, uh, which is another, uh, a small township, uh, 30 minutes away from us, uh, from Alosta. uh, went and looked at the cafe. Oh, he sent his driver. Uh, so the driver pulled up in front of the cafe. Uh, and then he called me, Oh get up, get into the car. Uh that moment, but everything is still brand new, relatively still very fresh, it's so very bougie. young. <laughs> yeah. At that time, still very young. Yeah, yeah. Uh yeah, suddenly, wow, someone came in a posh car, uh driver, someone opening up a car, a door for you, that's something new. Uh then went inside. Uh went location scouting, didn't came back to Alasta not really liking the project, not really feeling the project yet uh because mm. if you if you know where the cafe is it's actually housed in a heritage uh, area i think uh the Kopitiam that i told you about uh my grandfather uh is also just within the vicinity just around uh so it's a i it's say it's a different feeling uh opening a cafe here and in Chitra, uh, I rejected the idea mm. and then he came again. He came back again. Uh, sorry. I had to recall everything because no,
1: don't worry. I, take uh, your time. Yeah. Just walk us through the story.
0: <laughs> yeah. Then he came back the second time, uh, showed me a second location, brought me to a second location. I, uh, also didn't really quite like that location. Uh, the back of my head, I've always wanted to be in, uh, Chinatown in Ch- uh, in Perkan, China, uh, because of the energy I really yeah. liked it here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, which was what I told, uh, Datuk Rick, Dato Rick is, uh, his name, Dato Rick Ching, mm. name of my partner, uh, which was what I told him. I said, I quite like the, I prefer the energy around, uh, Chinatown. And I hope you understand, uh, to which he said he understand, uh, uh, we went on. Well, then after that, mm, the relationship, the friendship still continues. He still comes around for coffee regularly, every day, uh, until one day he came, but this time not alone together with the missus, uh, together with the kids and with an envelope inside that envelope, uh, is a key, uh, a key to the, to a shop uh, just right next door. Uh, and then he said, I'm going to ask you one last time. If you're not going to go into, if you're not going to come into this business with me, I'm going to call up someone from someplace else and then open up another cafe just to, yeah, but he, he, I think, very sure he meant it as a joke. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, yeah. But uh, the shop that, uh, the key inside the envelope happens to be the keys to the shop that we are currently housed in today. Uh, Wow. Uh, so I am sorry that it uh, the story is a little bit all over the place, <laughs> no, but, uh, it's fine. <laughs> I'm just, say, I'm just, walk- yeah. Okay. This yeah, is where just, we are now. <laughs> I yeah, yeah, walked myself down memory lane as well yeah, while yeah. we caught. Yeah.
1: And the building that Cafe Diem is in has a rich history and was basically in ruins when you guys first acquired it. Like, tell us the renovation story.
0: Oh yeah. Uh, was a mess when we took over, but, uh, correct what you just said. So it was empty uh, for which, a long time. Uh, it's been abandoned for quite some time. I think eight years, nine years, uh, eight, nine years. Uh, but prior to that eight, nine years also, it was, uh, in a very run down condition. Uh, so it's been, I think it was in a very, very bad condition for the past 20 years now. Uh, no maintenance, no nothing.
1: And I read that the uh, building was previously used as a prison as well, like long, long time ago.
0: Oh uh, yeah. During the Japanese occupation, uh, was used as a, uh, prison. Uh, there's a room upstairs, uh, in our cafe, two story building, second story. Uh, well it used to be not a, not a prison prison, but uh, more of a lockup, a mm-hmm. detention sector. Uh, but the lorong in front of our, the street in front of our cafe, uh, happens to be called lorong penjara lama because of that so a room uh uh, on the second story uh was converted into a jail cell a detention center during the japanese occupation uh was for the japanese army to detain high-ranking british officers, uh keeping them inside until uh and then just examine them just ask them things before sending them to the prison uh, yeah, so very rich in history, basically deep, uh, it's literally it's deep inside very, very rich history. I think, uh, also because of the fact that, uh, Alasta uh, the Chinatown in Alasta, happens to be one of the older, if not the oldest Berkhan China there is in the nation. Mm. Uh, 126 years, I think the building.
1: Wow. And how was the renovation yeah. process for you? Because previously you had no like business skills or even re- refurbishing a whole heritage building. And I'm sure there's come there's laws on it, right? When you want to renovate a heritage building and like how do yeah. you deal with that? And how was the process? Uh,
0: a lot of it, a lot of it was uh, uh, Dr. Rick's doing, uh, my partner's doing. Uh, he is very visionary when it comes to uh like reviving dead areas uh and uh rejuvenating like old buildings i think he does a very good job with that and uh from him uh i think i picked up the skills uh and it was for dr rick it was more of a pet project uh, the cafe was more of a set project, but, uh, he loves drinking coffee, he loves drinking coffee so much that, uh, he said to himself, he wouldn't want to pay for coffee anymore. He just wants to own a coffee and then drink coffee, free coffee from then on, which, uh, but he put a lot of effort in, uh, renovating the building, uh, together with the team, uh, of architects, uh, uh, I. Well, I think to cut the long story short, uh, the instructions that we gave our contractors were basically very simple instructions. We just told them to, uh, we just told them to keep, uh, whatever using, however, uh, we just want to keep things as like, uh, if things that they cannot replace with, we would want to replicate. So, uh, things that they can keep, we would want to keep. Uh, uh, so if well, I hope you get the chance to come to Alasta. uh, we've put up, uh, all along the cafe, we've put up, uh, like the before and after, uh, things that we've gotten from the state archive, uh, the history, everything, what happened here, uh, it's all along. We put up, we put up, uh, uh, just cards all around the walls for you to read. It's a museum. You have to come.
1: What has this experience with rebuilding this space taught you i mean it could be a philosophy it could be life it doesn't have to be like um structure-wise you know it's
0: mm. mm. a very good question uh i think the thing that i've taken from all of this is uh Well, definitely I've learned to be a little bit more patient (laughs) as a person. And, uh, through all of this, I am able to convey, uh, like ideas a little bit more clearly now, uh, that's the technical side of it. Uh, The non-technical side of it is uh, that I've learned to appreciate uh, history a little bit better now. Uh, Don't know whether or not uh, it's something that comes with age, uh, but I am definitely more thankful to the things that I'm surrounded with now that I am compared to myself five years, six years ago. Uh, it's taught, it it has definitely taught me to be, to be more uh, patient with things, to work a little bit harder, but yes, uh, basically I'm just very thankful.
1: Yeah.
0: I've just learned to become more thankful. I don't know how, but
1: yeah, I think that's that's one of the best lesson for sure. Like gratefulness.
0: Um, yeah, maybe. because people people come over and then telling you that uh, you've been because for us it's just renovating a building. We yeah. just want to make money out of selling coffee. You come for coffee, <laughs> right, right, uh, right? Yeah, but uh, along the way, people come, people give you pats on the back, just telling you uh, how good of a job that you've been you've, mm. you've done for the community. We don't we don't see it that way ourselves. Uh, and then the more and more people come to you, telling you that uh, thanks for doing this. Uh, really appreciate what you're doing. So in that way, it's a really humbling, uh, experience to know that what we're doing now would, uh, actually affect, uh, or inspire people to uh, do more things that are similar to what we're doing. Some people even do it better, which together, I think it's a very good synergy, uh, it's just very good for the city. Uh, just very thankful for the people who. Uh, appreciate uh, like the work that we've put into uh, it's been a lot of hard work uh, a lot of thought uh, goes into like the projects. so very appreciative ourselves as well
1: how is actually the cafe scene in Alosta like is it popping booming there's a lot of um, cafes around you
0: oh, yeah. well Alosta being a city of only 100,000 strong we are only 130,000 strong the last uh-huh. time I checked
1: okay, because it
0: was a bet with a, friend. ah, no, not a bet, cannot bet, uh, with a friend, uh-huh. uh, yeah, it said 13 million, I said, we got so many. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so how is the cafe scene? No,
0: uh, cafe scene is, uh, definitely growing. Uh, the past two years, this two years past, uh, we've seen, we've gone from, uh, three, four notable cafes to. Now, uh, 20, 30 cafes wow, scattered all mean. around stuff. Yeah.
1: yeah.
0: Very, uh, yeah, yeah, it's definitely growing, especially this year. I don't know what's with people.
1: Maybe MCO Maybe. price rent is cheaper. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. yes.
0: <laughs> yeah, but definitely very good. Uh, yeah. A very good thing seeing uh, cafes. In. And uh, they're opening now more coffee options for people, which is good
1: and talk about community right um can you mm. tell me about the placemaker award um in 2021
0: yeah, uh so where the cafe is now uh is situated beside a an abandoned lorong yeah, and uh, an abandoned alley uh so prior to us before us uh the alley was just left unattended uh, so very very just overgrowth, uh You've got snakes and monitor lizards, and then you have people going inside, just like injecting themselves at drugs and all that. It's became a drug on in a way, uh, and very dark at night. So, uh, uh, the logic, uh, the logic was, uh, if we don't have, if we don't clear that law wrong, uh, if we don't make it up, uh, people will definitely not come to our cafe because so, because it would be dangerous. So with that in mind, uh, we, renov- we just renovated uh, that place. I think uh, to let you into a small little secret, we actually accidentally uh, renovated the lorong. Uh it was because during renovation one day, uh, we also accidentally chopped uh, a tree that didn't belong to us, it belonged to the local council. Okay. Uh, I hope that no no local council officer is now listening to this. Uh, so we they don't know until dro- today. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, so we accidentally chopped down a tree that didn't belong to us, belong to the state, belonged to the local council, belongs to everybody. Uh, so we chopped it down. Uh, very old tree. Uh, but what came with it was a ticket uh, saying that we owe the state council 8,000 ringgit. Uh, for chopping down that tree, uh, we didn't even know. Uh, so... We had this idea uh, of proposing to the mayor of the city, the Datuk Bandar of our saying that, okay, instead of paying you the 8,000 uh, ringgit, can we use that money to now renovate, to now channel it to the lorong beside us, uh, make it nice again. It belongs to the like, local council anyways, the alleyway. Uh, so that was what we did. We actually went to the mayor's office, made an appointment, sat him down told him, uh, told him my idea, walk him through, uh, but good that he shared the same vision, uh, to our surprise, he said, okay, but, uh, in return, uh, you're gonna have to like, uh, I don't know, we didn't know what, or something, I don't know. uh, in return, he said, uh, he has to be, it has to, uh, benefit the community. Uh, yeah. Uh, which was, I think, what we tried to do with the Lorong. Very difficult to describe in words, but if you were to go and look at the photos of the Lorong, you'd have a clearer clearer idea.
1: Yeah. I think it's amazing because... You know, sometimes we see this award as oh another show, but then there's always a story behind this. Like you said, actually it all started from you guys made a mistake and cut out a tree and then you kind of brainstorm and then like you know what, instead of paying the eight thousand, why not we transform this place? And in the end it yeah. benefits the community and also the cafe as a business. And I because I, I hear a lot of stories or like news, like in hey, Malaysia or like small town, they don't upkeep yeah. like you know their places. They just leave yeah, it yeah. like for monitor lizard and whatnot to, uh-huh. to hang around. But it's yeah. just this little thing that you do. Like if only mm-hmm. one person does one thing, and then it becomes like a ripple effect, and then the whole yeah. community will become a better place.
0: Yeah, but well, oh. all started with us illegally illegally chopping <laughs> down a tree oh, and being yeah. cheapscapes <laughs> by not wanting to pay our tickets.
1: That's a, that's a good um, negoci- negotiation. Yeah, yeah, but
0: very, very uh, thankful for the mayor sharing the same vision as well. Yeah. Uh, well, sometimes you may have the idea, but you may also need people who uh, are willing to share the same idea with you in order for you to execute the idea.
1: Mm. I agree.
0: Our All-Star's, uh stars so far has been very supportive of what we've been doing.
1: And talk about that. Not, on not only us.
0: The, the community, sorry
1: yeah, yeah. Uh, it's just a question that i just thought mm-hmm. uh, suddenly about it what about the young people in Alostar? do they want to stay back and start a business or work in Alastar, or most of these young people want to leave to go to big city like kl or like australia singapore us
0: yeah well one thing about Alastarians. I think I cannot speak from too many, but I can speak from my own personal experience being an Alostarian. Well, growing up here, yeah, uh, I think that many of us want to, like, we want to stay here locally, but the thing is we cannot, uh, at a certain point of time, we will have to leave. Why is that? Uh, maybe, well, we haven't have, uh, an ecosystem strong enough to support, uh, us from we don't have an ecosystem strong enough yet. We don't have enough universities here. Uh, we don't have enough jobs here. Like uh, if you really want to be learning about uh, life or to look about uh, to learn about things a little bit more in depth, uh, I think Alor is is uh, definitely not the place yet uh, for certain industries. Uh, However, uh, as what I've told you, I think, uh, this past few years, uh, back, uh, that has been, there have been a trend, uh, of, uh, more and more like people staying back, uh, contributing towards like building the city, uh, but otherwise, I think, well, I think speaking from experience, I've never, I've, I've always been a person who always been homesick.
1: Okay. Like yeah. A, That's just who yeah. you are as a person. Well, yep.
0: Yeah. Uh, if you have Kadahans as friends, I'm very sure they yeah, they a lot.
1: I'm You're, a Kadahan yeah. too, so. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah.
0: Like uh, during weekends, people want to go to, like, uh, well, when in university, during weekends, when people want to go to clubs and all that, Kadahans would always want to, like, buy a bus ticket and then just come home. They want to, yeah. Uh, and say, yeah. It's just us, I think. We are a very loyal bunch. Uh, I think, yeah.
1: depending on people, so uh, there's a bunch of Kadahans who, like, wants to go out too, you know what I'm saying? Depending oh, on Oh, yeah, yeah, your yeah place, sure
0: yeah correct mm. yeah but uh, uh, how yeah I think through what you said it really depends on the person uh, I, I speak from my personal experience I think
1: let's talk a bit about coffee like what does coffee uh, mean to you I know you love coffee but does it hold anything like a special place in your heart um, help you do anything in life
0: yeah, coffee actually meant a lot uh, to me uh, because, one, I think because of the addiction, it's because of the caffeine. That's why it means a lot. But second, uh, I think through coffee, I've been, as a person, I've been able to influence uh, many people. Uh, well, I start with uh, my own, my colleagues. Uh get to influence them in ways that uh well I get to help them think a little bit more creatively now. Uh I get to influence uh but well, I get to influence them in different ways, uh get them to do some more like decision makings. Coffee has also introduced me to well coffee and just it's just a tool that have opened many doors for myself. I've met many people through coffee, people that I wouldn't have met, uh, in a hundred lifetimes I wouldn't have met, but through coffee, uh, it, enab- uh, it enabled me to like do so open doors for me. Uh, met the prime minister, ex prime ministers, I've met ministers, I've met rock stars, I've met movie stars, I've met, uh, everyone I've met, everyone under the sun I've met. <laughs> But, uh, well, everyone that I've met, of course, uh, but aside from coffee opening many doors, I think, uh, most of, uh, the friends that I've made also revolves around coffee, uh, and just, yeah. Uh, I think
1: it is like your way of life it's is, how you do life is, it's been yes. almost eight years now what what do you think are the skills you have acquired almost a decade in
0: mm. I think I'm as a person I'm calmer now uh compared to how I was uh, young and a little bit more reckless back then Uh, I've learned that uh, no problems, no uh, problems or challenges, uh, which brings us back to the question just now, would be uh, impossible to, like, resolve. Uh, I think it's only, I think everything is just a matter of perspective. Uh, And, um, I am much more relaxed when it comes to competition. Now I don't, I'm not as competitive anymore. 10 years after, uh, I don't know whether or not it's an H factor again, uh, not as competitive anymore. Uh, if there's anything I've learned at all, uh, it's got to be that. So, uh, Hmm. I finally figured out that. In a business, making money is, it doesn't really always give you the most satisfaction. Uh, it is actually some, it is actually people saying nice things to you, like, ah, uh, wow, coffee today tastes good, uh, not bad, uh, you know. Uh, it, it is things like those that actually gives us the satisfaction. I think 10 in years reality,
1: now, you also got to make money. I mean, compliments and like, affirmation for your work from other people Uh, is good, but the money has to come also, right? Like it has to come hand in hand.
0: Oh yeah, Yeah. yeah, definitely. Uh well yes, but uh now ten years after, well I feel I, I feel especially so uh the importance of uh the business needing to make money. Although through what you said it's very important. Like that's how we stay open, uh by making money. But now, ten years after it's I think that uh, all you have to do is to do the things right, and then all of those will follow yeah it comes uh, organically
1: yeah what yeah. advice do you have for people who's listening to the podcast who's uh, thinking to perhaps start their own cafe in their hometown
0: I am the, I'm not the best when it comes to giving advisors, but but
1: you have eight years in the industry now. I mean, what you're good at, you know, making coffee and doing a business.
0: Yeah. Uh, see, that's the thing. Um, that's what people think. Um, like you have to be really good at uh, making coffee in order for you to run a really good cafe. Uh, mm, personal experience. Uh, not usually always the case. Uh, to, well, in order for the cafe to run, it's not always the coffee. Plus, uh, the coffee that we make, uh, it's always personal. It's always to a personal preference to another person's personal preference. Uh, you can make the best coffee, but he or she may or may not like it. Uh, but for us, mm, one of the advice that I'll give uh, people is that, um, you've got to be really thick skinned in this industry, you've got to be. Like really thick skin. You've got to be able to sit through all the abuse (laughs) that people throw at you. Uh, the long hours, very, very long hours. You've got to be, you've got to be, uh, 100% feeling to go hands on, do everything yourself. Well, at least for the first few years, uh, figure everything out, get to know everyone that comes to your cafe, learn their names, learn their coffee. That I learned from my grandfather. Granddad used to remember everyone by name, everyone's order by heart. Castle uh, yeah. uh, loves uh, her kopior, kurang manis. Uh, granddad would always remember that, I think. The small little touch uh, well, that. And I think to always be uh, innovative and creative in making decisions. That's as good as uh, that's the best advice that I can give. That also... No, Jackie, I it's, it's to, sufficient.
1: Yeah. It's really good. Um, I just want to thank you again for coming on the podcast uh, and sharing your story. I love what you said about how perspective in life is important. Like you, yeah. compared to 10 years ago, you're calmer now mm-hmm. and I think that comes with age and experience and I'm sure you're a nice person to be around um, and I can't wait to visit. I have to visit this year yeah that's one of my goals visit Alastair yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> you'll have to you'll have to very beautiful place
1: yeah Jackie thank you very again
0: good. thank you so much Castle.
1: you have just listened to Foodie Canteen this show is produced by me your host Castle Lim and co-written by Sulin Lin Chung. Foodie Canteen podcast is made possible by the amazing team at Good Foodie Media check us out on Instagram and YouTube at Foodie Canteen for more Follow us for brand new episodes every Friday.
0: See you next week.